You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Instant Reaction Show. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. Trouble a brewing in 49ers land right now. 49ers fall to the Minnesota Vikings 22 to 17. Second straight loss for the 49ers. And it was ugly in this one. Just ugly all around by the 49ers. Levin Black's going to hop in and join us in a second. I uh, want to remind everybody, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And I don't know where to start in this one. Do we want to start with a 49ers defense that couldn't stop a nosebleed in the first half of this game? Do we want to start with an offense that suddenly can't score points? Do we want to start with Brock Purdy turning over the football left, right, and center? You guys tell me, where do you want to start? In this game, should we start with the fact that Steve Wilkes had one of the dumbest calls with about 15 seconds left before the half that I've ever seen? Should we start with Jake Moody missing another field goal? Now, I know he had a big one later in the game, which is good, but I think we got to start with the defense. I think we have to start with the defense in this game because the Minnesota Vikings had 451 total yards of offense and Justin Jefferson didn't play a snap in the game. What the hell? Steve Wilkes, you guys got your ass kicked over and over and over and over again. Unbelievable. 
Kirk Cousins in the game, 35 of 45 for 378 yards with a touchdown and a pick. He, he dominated the 49ers in the game. On third down, he was like unbelievable. Minnesota was 8 of 13 on third down in the game. Couldn't be stopped on third down. Where was the pressure in this game? Where was the pass rush? Guess how many times Kirk Cousins was sacked in the game? Just guess. I'll give you a hint. It's the same number of sacks I have in my NFL career. Zero. Zero. Don't tell me about pressures. Don't. I do not want to see David Lombardi and everybody else, Akash, tweet out the PFF pressure numbers this week. You know what that's worth? Not a goddamn thing. Okay? I'm sorry. It is not worth a damn thing. Do not tell me about pressures. I am tired of it, man. I need sacks. Nick Bosa, Defensive Player of the Year. Where are you? You made one tackle for loss in the game. That's Levin Black joins us. Levin, I said there's a lot of places to start that's bad. I got to start with the defense who absolutely were worked tonight. Not just the defense. You got to start with Wilkes. His defense ain't cutting it. That Minnesota performance on offense, like – I know they didn't give up that many points, but it might be the worst defensive performance I've seen in four or five years since the early days of the Shanahan when the team was crap. This is their drives after the initial interception. You ready for the yards? Oh, boy. 89 yards, 67 yards, 75 yards, 77 yards, 50 yards, 30 yards, 38 yards. They had seven drives after that initial interception they averaged 61 freaking yards on those drives 61 it was a brutal night and like you said the points and that's where i've been on wilkes like hey i know they've given up a lot of yardage but they haven't really given up a lot of points still the the point the highest point total they've given up all year was 23 to the rams when mcveigh kicked the field goal on the last play of the game only 22 points in this game but the, they could not get off the field. They couldn't get off the field, and TJ Hawkinson was was the only good player for the Vikings. Jordan Addison had a good game. I get it. Let, let's slow down on Jordan Addison. He's amazing, okay? you That's a bad performance by Wilkes. Uh, Scott says we can't generate pressure or sacks. This game is on Steve Wilkes. They couldn't generate sacks. I mean, it's pathetic. Kirk Cousins had all day back there. The most immobile quarterback starter in the league right now, probably. And they couldn't make him uncomfortable at all, Levin. He wasn't uncomfortable maybe once the whole night. And by the way, he still completed it on third down at the end of the game for a first down. It's amazing. You can tell pre-snap, all right, this guy's coming, this guy's coming. <laughs> because it's not just, you know, that they line up and the guys, the defensive line goes straight forward, right? There's no stunts. I think I saw one stunt in this game. And it was actually a really weird lineup where they had Boza in his normal spot, but they had Gregory standing up next to him on the inside, mm-hmm. right? And then he stunted and came around Boza, and they actually got a pressure. He actually he came somewhat close to getting a, a strip there yeah. because as he was going back to pass, Gregory was trying to smack the arm. He came really close to that, but there's no stunts. So the defense go or the offensive line goes, all right, these four guys are coming because they're on the defensive line, and then when they do blitz. It's known. Those guys come up to the line pre-snap. Like, they're not coming up and showing here and then coming all the way over here to this gap. No, they just go straight forward. Everything's straight forward. It's too predictable. It's too easy. And that's without even getting into the freaking call at the end of the first half. That that set the tone. That, that was the game right there. I know it got close at the end. 
But that that call is so inexcusable. It is the worst possible defensive play call you can make. 17 seconds left in the half. Zero timeouts for Minnesota. Yep. They need 20-plus yards to even get in somewhat field goal range. It's third, and I think it was, what, 17? Third and six. Third, was it third and six? But they, they called a six blitz. They're in zero coverage, cover zero. Everybody on an island. And so it's stupid. It goes for a touchdown. Literally anything else. If it's a if it's a catch in the middle of the field for 30 yards, they're not going to get the kickoff in time. They're not changing deep, you know, getting the, the field goal unit out there. The only thing that would have extended that half was a 20 plus yard catch that then got out of bounds right away. Or a penalty. Or a penalty. Yes, but you're right. Like they're not going to be able to run another play after that. Absurd. Absurd call by Steve Wilkes. And you know why he did it? Because the front four couldn't get pressure. Now you could say he shouldn't have been blitzing. I get that, and I'm I'm for you. But if you're saying you want to get pressure, like he did it because they couldn't get pressure with the front four. You don't uh, need pressure in that situation. I I agree. I'm just it, it was absurd. And to be fair, Addison made a nice play. Like I don't want to take it away from him. Like good on you. But Wilkes put the defense in a terrible, terrible, terrible position. They had just scored. They just had some momentum, right? You were like, okay, as bad as things were, we're back on track. The one thing you couldn't do as a defense is give up a touchdown in that spot. Pathetic. Pathetic game by Steve Wilkes. Larkin says, I can't hear any more about how Bosa is elite at gener- at getting pressure this year. I don't care if he's elite at getting pressure. You're not paying him that money to get pressure. You're paying him to get the quarterback's ass on the ground. And you know what? He hasn't done it. Javon Hargrave hasn't done it nearly enough. Eric Armstead is a ghost out there. Resurgent Javon Kinlaw. Hell, Randy Gregor, he's the best pass rusher they got right now, and he's been on the team for two weeks. Yeah, but Bosa, he's not cutting it. And he can say whatever he wants. It's time for him to face the music. There should be questions of him. Hey, do you think you only have two and a half sacks after seven games because you sat your ass out and didn't sign your contract (laughs) until the season was starting? You signed, what, three days prior to the first game? Like, that legitimately, like, there, I have seen Boza knock to the ground more than I ever have before. He got I, I started, down on one play. I started watching it last week. How many times does he try to do a pass rush and he's off balance and the offensive lineman's able to get him to fall down? You know, he's not getting pancakes. He's not getting knocked over. It's more like he, his balance is off and the offensive lineman's just able to kind of let him go out of his way and push him a little bit to the side and he goes down on his knees. That literally happened, I think, four times tonight. When we see that almost never before it might have happened four times in his career it happened four times tonight and it happened that many times last week too boza is out of sync and that's because he signed three days before the season that's all there is to it and look i don't blame boza for doing everything in his power to get the money that he deserved because that's the business he's in i get that but it's also fair to say you haven't been good enough the both things can be true so i I want to make that front office says equal blame in that because pay the freaker Freaking right. guy, you knew what he was. You knew what you were going to have to pay him. Pay him before, right before the season. You took things for granted, and now it's biting you in the butt. Cinema Pigeon says, but, but, but QB hurries, high PFF grades. I'm with you right there. Uh, there's a bunch of super chats. I wanna, I'm going to try to group them together by subject. So if you gave a super chat, I promise you I will get to it, but I'm trying to, you know, have a little flow to the show. Kevin Jones, YouTube channel member. By the way, if you want to be a YouTube channel member, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. Please do it. Please support the channel. Thank you, Kevin Jones and others. Wilkes was absolute trash. Blitzing with 16 seconds before the half. Is he an amateur? I hope Shanahan rips him a new one. 
Kyle has not been shy about ripping the defense this year. He has done it multiple times publicly. I'd be interested to see what he said after the game. Alejandro says soft coverage the whole night pisses me off. Every receiver had five yards of space to catch the ball. I think Kevin O'Connell ate his lunch. I think Kevin O'Connell ate Steve Wilkes lunch tonight. Well, here's the thing. You know, this comment here is part of the biggest, I would say probably the biggest problem. If you're going to rely on four to get home, you can't play soft coverage, right? Because then they're not right. going to be able to get home. If you play <laughs> soft coverage, you're giving them an easy out. And yeah. that's the whole freaking problem. They have easy outs. But this game really, I, I, I paid attention a lot throughout the second half. I started watching, all right, how many times has Cousin known where he's going with the ball prior oh to God. the snap? Almost every single time. That oh, yeah. tells me the defense is predictable. Cousins knew what was happening, what the defenses were going to be doing, the coverages that he was going to see, who was going to be on one-on-ones on the outside prior to the snap. And that tells me there's not enough disguises going on. It's too vanilla of an offense. And I really, I, I hate to say it, I, I'm almost getting, it, it's not this bad, but it's what reminds me of the inverse of the Jimmy Ray. A guy past his prime, outdated, not not advanced enough, playing vanilla crap. Jimmy I mean, Ray was offense with Singletary. This is defense. But it, it just seems like the last couple of weeks, and especially in this game, the offense that we're facing knows exactly what's going to happen before the snap. And when that happens, that's on the defensive coordinator. You're not wrong. Scott says, Cousins, 45 pass attempts without a sack. That matches the most in the NFL this season. And it goes to what you were saying, Levin. He knew exactly what to do. 35 of 45, 378 with a touchdown and a pick. And after that interception, which was like on the third play of the game, I mean, he was basically unstoppable, pretty much. Yeah. Just absolutely crazy. Um, we can get back to the defense in a bit, but I don't want to miss anybody's super chat. Samuel Bonilla says, I wanted to believe in Brock Purdy so bad. He looked like the real deal for a while, but it really does feel like the clock is striking midnight. Look, the 49ers didn't punt in the first half. The problem was they only got seven points. because. They fumbled. Christian McCaffrey fumbled for the second time in three weeks inside the red zone. That That's inexcusable. It is. I know he's great, but that's inexcusable. Jake Moody missed a field goal. And so even though you were moving the ball up and down the field in the first half and Brock was playing well in the first half, they weren't getting anything out of it. It's like, a, it's like the equivalent of a pressure on offense, right? Like you could gain the yards, but unless you're scoring, it doesn't matter. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Look, I, I think they hinted at it on the broadcast, but Aikman didn't quite hammer it home. I think oh. we're seeing the limitations of Purdy and that he is very much somebody that can anticipate and he, he's a timing quarterback. 
And the problem is, is if you're able to jam those wide receivers, if you're able to mess up their timing, Purdy is letting it loose without recognizing that, hey, this guy's not where he should have been because he got jammed. And so he's thrown it to a spot that's predetermined pre-snap. The guy <laughs> should get, yeah, the guy should get to this spot when I release this. Oh, the guy got delayed because he actually got jammed. He's five yards behind. That's what happened on, on the Jennings interception. At if the you end. look at that, yeah, Jennings got shoved to this outside, so he's yeah. already got to take an extra stride to get back to the inside. But then when he does go to make his cut, he almost makes like a fake to the outside. I wonder if it was an option route to go outside and then goes inside and Purdy had already thrown it when he starts that fake and then ends up going to the inside. And that's why it was like, where the heck is the receiver? <laughs> Purdy decided pre-snap, this is where Jennings should be. And if he's there, it will be open. The problem is he wasn't there because he got jammed and Purdy didn't recognize that. First of all, like, let's not just gloss over the fact that Troy Aikman said that Brock Purdy told him that his elbow is not 100% and then he's still no. gaining strength in the elbow. Like, let's not just gloss over that. Troy Aikman said in talking with Brock Purdy, his elbow is not 100% and he's still gaining strength in it. That's important when you talk about Brock Purdy, who doesn't have the strongest arm to begin with. And I do think that he has to throw with a lot of anticipation and it's amazing most of the time, but it's going to lead to plays like we saw tonight where he thinks the guy's going to be in a certain point in a certain time and the circumstances of football change that and the ball's out there for anybody. And let's be honest, it's not arriving anywhere in a hurry. So that's something that he's going to have to get squared away. I'm not saying he can't. I'm not saying he won't. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we have enough data on Brock Purdy now to, to notice and, and see certain things. And this mm -hmm. is something that pops off the screen when you're watching him. Yeah, th this is the – it took a long time. It took longer than it's ever taken any quarterback in NFL history. But the defense has finally punched back and landed one. And Purdy now has to respond and adjust, and the offense has to adjust yes. and fix those things. Now, some quarterbacks never can. They never do make the second adjustment coming back. Yep. And they end up, you know, pittering out after a few seasons, right? Maybe that happens. Maybe Purdy's able to adjust, limit his limitations better, realize what the defense is doing and make adjustments to beat that. And we're going to see. Yes, we will find it. And we're not saying that he can't for the record. We are not saying that he can't, but we are saying that an adjustment needs to be made and we'll see if yeah. he can make it. Uh, Theron C says mistakes, notwithstanding, it felt like the offense came to try and bounce back from last week and the D stayed flat. If not played worse, they were flat and they got to stop with this. We're the big bad 49ers because you're not anymore. Yeah. Okay, You got handed. You got your that ass. was the Super Bowl. We won a Super Bowl, right? Oh, that's Two what straight it, that, weeks. There's, there's no denying it. They can say what they want. They got amped for that Dallas game. They won it. They thought their crap didn't stink anymore. And they've lost two games in a row. I will say defensively, the way that Purdy has played, those are games that, you know, miraculous Jimmy would win. And so the narrative wouldn't come after Jimmy yep. nearly as hard because they'd say, well, yeah, but he's winning. Right, mm -hmm. and Purdy's not getting that benefit because they're losing these games. If Purdy's not on it all game long, they're losing because the defense is giving it up. Glass City says, after two weeks of football, it's safe to assume the issues with this team are systemic. Wilk's scheme is a liability. Bosa and the D-line are worthless, and damn Brock Purdy sucks watching him make those mistakes. Look, some of the mistakes he's going to make, he's still a rookie. He still hasn't played a whole, you know, 17 games. So, some of this is Brock being a rookie also. So I don't want to, you know, like be totally out on Brock Purdy right now. 
Bosa and the D-line are worthless, might be a little harsh, but they're certainly not performing up to the level of pay at this point, and that is indisputable. They're not performing up to the level of almost any defensive line in the league right now. Like Their performance the last two weeks and really this season is not in, in the top half of the league. And the last two weeks, I would argue it's probably very near the bottom. Like They have not performed. It's not just up to their pay. It's up to NFL standards. And people saying that his system sucks, it's not his system. He's running the D'Amico Ryan's Robert Sala system. They've made that very clear that he is not running his system. He's trying to uh, run. He's running a hybrid. Right. Like he which, mixed it in. He didn't. You can't be a little uh, pregnant, man. Like, sorry. If run your stuff or run our stuff, but this mix and match stuff's got to go. And it's got to go. The comments are flying in here. Uh, Oscar says, bad loss. Starting to feel like Greenlaw is the Bowman to Warner's Willis. Greenlaw is really good, man. Really good. But the tackling on defense by everybody else sucks. Fred Warner missed a bunch of tackles tonight. All arm tackles, all shoulder tackles, all trying to punch the ball out. This might have been Warner's worst game of his career. Like, he wasn't just bad in missing tackles. He was messing up in coverage. He was getting beat on, you know, we, we saw there was one play where the he was covering, uh, I want to say it was Osborne. He made a move to go to the right to get yeah. Warner to turn and then went left. Like, he's just blowing it in coverage. He got, there, there were, I think, five that I saw where it was a 10-plus yard first down catch that Warner was the one in coverage. Very frustrating. Sheldon Salazar says, I agree with Antonio. This was a whole team loss, disappointed in the whole team. Um, Let's get into some of the nitty gritty of the game. And I think you know what I'm going to say. But I thought that Kyle Shanahan's decision-making process was not good. As usual, the game management. And you don't know what I'm going to say. The score is 22-14 Minnesota. Niners have the ball at the beginning of the fourth quarter. They're driving down the field. It's fourth and six at the Minnesota 37-yard line. And what do you think I'm going to say, Levin? He should have gone for it. What is the thinking if you're Kyle Shanahan? Let me not go for a touchdown. So let me make a game where I need a touchdown and a two-point conversion, a game where I need a touchdown still. And I'm going to trot out my shaky kicker, who's already missed in this game after blowing an easy one last game for a 55-yard kick, where even if everything goes perfectly, I still need a touchdown at the end. And what happened? Jake Moody came out, and to his credit, he made the kick. He drilled it right down the middle. And you know what? Good for Jake Moody, because that was probably his job on the line there, to be honest with you. Good for Jake Moody. I'm happy for him personally. But what happened after that? Niners get the ball, kick the field goal. The Vikings punt. Brock Purdy throws a pick. Vikings get the ball back. Niners don't stop them. They miss a field goal. Niners get the ball back. Interception. You're at basically midfield already. You need a touchdown to win anyway. Why do you kick it to them, have to count on a stop, get the ball back, drive all the way down the field again, and then get a touchdown? It, it was backwards thinking by Shanahan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would agree that I would probably rather him go for it, but I, I don't think it was a horrendous not going for it. But Horrendous. It would be different if your offense was humming, but it's not. The simple fact of the matter is they have failed to get 20 points in back-to-back games. 
You can move the ball all you want. If you don't finish the damn drive, it doesn't matter. But that's the point. They were there. Like, why get you? Why want to get the ball back and have to drive longer? Like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I really don't understand it. Here are the Niners' drives on offense in the entire game, right? Fumble after five plays and 35 yards. They fumbled in the red zone. Missed field goal, touchdown, end of half. Punt on the opening drive of the third quarter. Then it was touchdown. Then it was field goal. That was the field goal on that drive. And then they went interception, interception to end the game. To me, you were moving the ball okay. So why are you not going to continue to try and move the ball on fourth and six? Just because it's fourth and six and Kyle gets scared and clenches up. So he thought it was less scary to trot out Jake Moody, who was, you know, having the yips at that point. I thought that was a terrible decision by Kyle. Like I said, you're not wrong. I just, I wouldn't necessarily go as far as terrible. The part I want to talk about is the Niners are probably 7-0 and if they don't F it up on the very first drive, or I guess second drive last week. The fumble. If they go up 7-0 like they were cruising there, Christian McCaffrey doesn't fumble on the first drive, I, I think Minnesota goes, yeah, this team's a different class, right? And they start to have doubts creep in. I think the game's different. You know, they, the Niners still nearly won it. I think that that play set the tone for the whole rest of the game. And then last week, it was the, the drop by Ayuk. They would have gone up 14-0. Game would have been on ice, I think, at that point because – I, I don't think Cleveland would have been able to come back from that big of a deficit and they dropped it. I, it's just offensive mistakes. Like the defense has been not good. So I'm not giving the defense a pass, but offensive mistakes early have set the tone for both of these games. Shout out to Andy Espinosa, new YouTube channel member. Appreciate you, Andy. Here's the thing, Levin, what you're talking about all points to one thing. And I don't think you can dispute it at this point. And if I was a fan of another team, this is exactly what my biggest criticism of the 49ers would be. This team's a bunch of front runners. They are a bunch of front runners. When they can get out and get a lead early and they're ahead, they play great. When they're behind, they can't do it. They can't do it. And you could sit there and say, well, if Jake Moody makes the kick, they wouldn't. They didn't make the kick. Okay. They are front runners. That's not good. You're not always going to be up in a game, as we have seen the last two weeks. Things are not always going to go perfect. You need to be able to respond to adversity. And the 49ers didn't do it tonight. They didn't do it last week. Right now, they're front runners. That could change, but right now, that's what it is. That's the truth. You know the one thing this offense is dealing with that they never have with Kyle Shanahan here? They can't run the ball for shit. Yeah, you're I'm right. sorry I cussed, but... Like the last two weeks, they have not been able to run the ball. And I think even the week before that, they were mediocre. Can't remember if it was that week or, you know, four games ago, but three, at least three out of the last four, they've been terrible, including the last two. Like they cannot block. This is not the, you know, road grader offensive line that it has been. They are not getting out downfield and destroying people. Trent Williams still is. Nobody else is. Aaron Banks, he's had a couple instances, but McKivitz. Not doing it. Burford, they should have brought somebody. They should bring somebody in to replace him. Stinks. Brindle, he's not stinks, but he's not doing anything. He's, you know, he was a backup tackle. Like, he is who he is. Bargain bin starting right center is what he is. 22 carries, 65 yards, and a touchdown for the 49ers rushing attack in this game. That's a whopping three yards per carry. You know who led the Niners in yards per carry? Brock Purdy with 3.8. 
which by the way, Brock had a couple of really nice scrambles in the game. He had a beautiful 17 yard scramble, which I don't know how the hell he got out of the sack. It was nice to see that, but yeah, you're right. They could not run the, run the ball, which is contributing to why they haven't scored their normal 30 points, right? 17 points for the 49ers. That's why I'm annoyed. And this is where I blame Kyle. Give Jordan Mason some more run. They keep trying these like long drawn out outside zone runs to McCaffrey and they're not getting crap from those. Those are almost all going for losses or McCaffrey finds it a little sliver and gets upfield for one to two yards. And that's it. Like those have been drive killers to this point. They need to stop running those because up the gut with Jordan Mason has been working up the gut with Christian McCaffrey's where he's found the most daylight in recent weeks. Like they need to stop trying to run as far outside as they are. Uh, Triga says the entire defensive line needs to have checks revoked until they start piling up sacks. All that money for pressure don't work against good quarterbacks. Primetime Kirk Cousins is pretty good tonight, huh? Lot, heard a lot of that. Uh, that, that whole thing was overblown. Kyle's plays behind the line of scrimmage versus press perplex me, says Red and Gold to him. Dead and Cold podcast. Uh, Alejandro agrees with you, Levin. Offensive line can't run the ball. By the way, I don't know if it held up for the entire way, but into the fourth quarter, Christian McCaffrey played every single snap in this game for the 49ers. Elijah Mitchell, one carry, minus one yard. George Kittle outrushed Elijah Mitchell in this game. That's true. There is one super chat that we missed. The time expired on uh, that. I don't think you quite realize. I want to get that one thrown up here. Oh, I apologize. Sorry, Antonio. My bad. Thank you, Levin. Ward was terrible, meaning Traverius Ward. Couldn't guard their number three wide receiver. The offensive line was exposed without Trent Williams. Bosa was terrible all game. He's not playing good enough to justify the contract. Purdy started off great, but was horrible at the end. I mean, if you're Brock Purdy, you had the ball in positions to lead this team back, and you threw interceptions twice in a row. You had the ball back first and 10 with nine minutes and 14 seconds left in the game, down by five, and you threw a pick, and you had the ball down by five with a minute 11 left in the game, and you threw a pick. You got to wear that. And I think Brock played better tonight than he did against the Browns, but it wasn't good enough. It wasn't good enough. And again, this is a guy that this is the real deal. We've been told he's got to adjust and we'll see if he can. The the one thing that we're seeing a lot of teams do against the Niners that we honestly haven't seen, like, yeah, Purdy missed an overthrow on McCaffrey on one last week, but that wasn't just a go route. You know, that, that was something different. But what did what did we see a lot on the outside from Cousins? Like, hike it, wait two seconds, and throw yep. a fade down the sideline one-on-one. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen those. One thing that I think is becoming predictable is if the 49ers are going to pass more than, like, 15 yards down the field, it's going to be a post route going across the middle. Like, that's what they've been running over and over. I think they need if, if Purdy can't make those throws, then there's there's your big red flag, right? They have to be able to find one-on-one coverage on the outside and just throw a fade route going down the sideline. Kevin Jones says Bosa uh about Bosa. Biederman said that what held up Bosa's contract was not the amount, but the Niners putting outs in the contract for injuries, whatever, whatever the case may be, the 49ers should have got it done well before the season started. And they had this belief that. You know, they wanted to win the negotiation and Nick Bosa is going to be great because that's what Nick Bosa is. And he's a super robot. And I get it. And I bought into that, too, to be fair. Turns out it wasn't true. And maybe John Lynch should have known better as a GM of this team who kind of hinted at it. Right. 
You need a few weeks to get going. Apparently, Bosa needs more than that. Sleepy one, 14-14. This defense is going to get lit up next week with Burrow and Jamar Chase with zero pass rush. They very well could at this point. This is not yeah. a good defense right now. It's not. Uh, who who covers Jamar Chase? <laughs> who, who can? Nobody. Nobody. They, they couldn't cover no. Addison. Right. Exactly. Uh, Jason PDSI says my faith in Brock Purdy has been shattered tonight. I feel like I was watching Jimmy Garoppolo on those last two picks high balls over the middle. We have seen that before, although I want to give Purdy credit. Cause I think he, at least he started off good, man, but God, there was a point where I thought he looked shook, which everybody on Twitter got mad at me when he, when he gets sacked and he tried, like he got to learn to just get sacked. Yeah, just yeah, take the yeah. sack, man. Stop screwing around. And trying to throw the ball out the last second. Just take the sack and live to play another day. Right, you're, because he, you're risking a fumble. And even yes. if you get the ball out, you have no hope of getting it past the line of scrimmage. Right. Zero. Just take the sack, dude. You're not at Iowa State anymore. Okay. Uh, Antonio says, I'm assuming we're going to trade for a cornerback. Personally, I want Jalen Johnson. I mean, look, if John Lynch wasn't motivated to make a deal before for something to change this up, I'm sure he is now. And the trade deadline is Halloween. So he's got till next Tuesday. Uh, a little over a week, but something's got to change with this defense. Something has to change for sure. Casey Miller, Purdy is throwing floaters. Every pass he throws is a floater. And that's funny. You know, I go back to the preseason. Greg Papa, how many times when Trey Lance was playing, did he say fluttering ball? Especially against the Broncos. I remember that specifically. Now I watch Purdy and it's like, mm, not exactly lasers out there. I will say that. Yeah, and sorry, I'm looking at these comments about Purdy while you're talking, and you know everybody's like super down on Purdy. Like, look, he's had two bad games in a row. This game, he, I think he would have had a really good game. He was having a really good game. He was the big hit that I think he takes is, all right, you're down, you must lead the comeback. Can he do it? Didn't do it this game. That's when he threw two interceptions, right? So I think that takes a little bit of a hit, but he still has 11 touchdowns to three interceptions on the season. Let's not act like, oh, the bubble burst. It's over. Purdy's a seventh round draft pick and he sucks now. No. Like Agreed. He, like I said, he got counterpunched finally. It took a long time. It wasn't until, you know, round four of, of the fight that the other guy finally landed a punch, but he's been punched now. Can he get back up? Can he refine himself? And can he get back on track? Because, look, there's still a lot of upside there. There's still a lot of promise in what he was doing in this game. But it it hasn't finished. Neither of these games has he been able to, to you know, obviously last game was just horrendous. Who knows what the heck was going on there. <laughs> but this game, he couldn't finish. They got down. They needed him. He didn't get it done, right? Every single quarterback has been, been that way. The Bills... Are what? What are they? Four and three. Yep, they're four and three, right? What did Mahomes do all all the start of this season? He sucked. He's finally turning it on now. Like quarterbacks go through slumps, even the great ones. Obviously, Burrow dealt with injury, but he was garbage. Yeah, he's rounding four weeks, but now he's rounding the corner. Can Party rebound? And I'm not saying he's going to be as great as those guys. He won't be. (laughs) I I'll say that right now. He will never be as elite as those guys that I just mentioned. But the point is, he can rebound and still be the franchise guy. Like, the sky has not fallen. Yeah, I'm not willing to say Brock is the franchise guy, and I'm also not willing to say he's definitely not. I'm still holding my position. 
We got to wait and see it play out. But there are definitely more questions after tonight than there were previously in the year. I Scott says we better make a move before the trade deadline. I, I again, I think we will. Uh, Warlock Swarter. Hope I got that right. I said it after the Browns game. The vibe was horrible. That loss will linger around. Niners will lose the next two and finish the season 10 and seven. We got a long way to go yet. We'll see, but it certainly looks like something's got to change. I mean, they looked just sluggish and the uh, sluggish on defense, just sluggish, you know, like perfect example. First of all, we didn't even talk about the fact that Kyle has this obsession with trying to trick teams into jumping off sides before the two minute warning newsflash, Kyle, it never works. It's not a play or just don't do anything. But just this stupid trying to get a guy to jump. And then, oh, by the way, the Vikings have eight guys on the field for that play. And yet we're not running a play no matter what. Like, no, dude, count them up. Eight the damn ball. Yeah. Right. And then out of the two minute warning, what do the 49ers do? Oh, they have to call a timeout because they had to delay a game. They couldn't get the plays in all night. Just not sharp, man. And what did they do right at the start of the second half? Wasted a timeout. Wasted a timeout because they couldn't get the play in. Like, what was going on there? Like, that's the first time we've seen miscommunication before. The plays were getting in late so often tonight. They're, I would say more often than not, the offense was not set and going through their pre-snap cadence and motions and all that until there was 10 seconds left in the clock. But I, I do want to get to this because I'm going to do your job for you. I'm going to show some love. Look at this. Zondro96, give the Twitch chat some love. <laughs> yeah, Twitch at GSN49ers on Twitch. We love everybody on Twitch. You like to joke how I don't have any followers. You know what? It's a loyal audience. We love everybody on Twitch. Well, I do. You're a jerk to them. But thank you for that. Uh, GrayFox198 says, man, Burrow and Chase are going to put 50 on us. Um, if they keep doing what they're doing, yeah, that's going to happen. Uh, Kevin Jones also says, I don't want to be ageist, but I wish we had a hungry young defensive coordinator and not some old man stuck in his ways. Again, I don't think it's his ways specifically. Like, I just think that he's caught in this place of trying to put his twist on the 49ers system, and it's not working right now. And from a yardage standpoint, like we said earlier, the points haven't been that bad, but you can't stop teams. Like, you can't let the Vikings score on you basically every freaking time. Like, you, especially in the first half, you can't do it. I don't know what twists he's added. You know, they call soft serve twist. His is the just straight vanilla. <laughs> and everybody you know knows I mean? vanilla. You can, call, you can call it a twist, but it, it's vanilla. It's garbage. I mean, I hate soft serve anyways, but like he's just, there, there's no, I love ice cream. Soft serve is just a crappy version of it. <laughs> <laughs> soft serve. Like, don't hate that. <laughs> oh, fine. You want to take a fuck? You want to take a, a sidetrack here? How about this? If you're gonna want get ice cream, get ice cream. Get out of here with the frozen yogurt and the soft serve. Get ice cream because it's the better version of it. That's like saying, "Hey, I'm gonna eat some chocolate, but I'm gonna eat 98% cocoa chocolate that's bitter as crap." Yeah, it's still chocolate, but it doesn't taste nearly as good as the much better version of it. <laughs> Sign me two nine says the twist from Steve Wilkes was calling blitzes at the worst time all night. <laughs> oh man. It just looked like I hadn't thought that the 49ers have gotten out coached in a while, but for two straight weeks, they've been out coached. Jim Schwartz, ate Kyle Shanahan's lunch. And this week it was Kevin O'Connell just destroying Steve Wilkes defense. Mm-hmm. And that's something we hadn't seen in a long time in San Francisco. So do, 
do you want to get into the do you think there's any effect whatsoever from Wilkes being up in the booth? I feel like there probably is. And I don't I don't know that I necessarily put that completely on Wilkes because hey, the players are professionals, they shouldn't be affected by that. But when you go from Salah and D'Amico Ryan's being on the sideline to Wilkes suddenly being up in the sky, I think that does have an effect. Like Sala and D'Amico weren't just normal defensive coordinators on the sideline. Sala was, you know, brimstone out there. And D'Amico was like a tactician that would make changes on the fly because he was right there and he'd go over it with the defense. Hey, we're going to change this, this, and this, and this. When you're way up in the booth, you can't make those changes till halftime. I don't know. Honestly, I can't say. I'm not going to say you're wrong. I'm going to say I don't know. I can't say. Um, I didn't love it when I found out he was going to be in the booth because I feel like they the Niners sort of thrived on that. But if that's where he's comfortable going, like, you you know, you, you want him to be comfortable doing it. It certainly wasn't a problem earlier in the year, right? They were kicking the hell out of people earlier in the year. I just think it has more to do with the fact that if the Niners don't get up early, they don't get the other team out of what they want to do normally. And also now there's enough data in the season, like you said earlier, to where teams kind of know the book on Steve Wilkes and what he's been doing. And they've been taking advantage of it. Yeah. Like th this comment here that you just pulled up by perfect blackness. I'll go ahead and read it. Uh, he said, no, Wilkes isn't the DC for us. Every time he sent, uh, I think he meant sent the blitz. I called it even the one that he sh should be fired for. <laughs> he's just not a good fit for this team. That's what I was saying at the start of the show, right? I can tell where they're blitzing and what lanes they're going to blitz in because they're not stunting. They're going to go straight forward from wherever they're at and pre-snap. Just me on my couch can go, all right, these four guys are going. There's no blitz or these five guys are going because that linebacker's coming through this gap because he's showing it already. Or these six guys are going. He's going to come, you know, that Hufanga is going to come on the edge because he came. It's easily predictable from your couch. And if I can predict it, as you just saw, Cousins knew exactly what was happening before the snap every single time. After the game, according to Matt Mayoko, Kyle Shanahan was asked if he was okay with Steve Wilkes' blitz call before the half. Kyle Shanahan said, it's something they'll discuss throughout the week. Quote, I didn't like the result, he said. Uh, yeah, but the concept, Kyle, they have no timeouts. They're too far away. They're going to get one more playoff, and then they're going to try to spike it so they could get the field goal unit. The one thing you can't have is <laughs> no safety back. Like this is basic Madden stuff here. That just regardless of the result, the thought process, like that mechanism was broken for that play. Right. I mean, well, you should say this isn't Madden because you can't do the Sam blitz where you stack two linebackers right in the same gap, right in the center. And one of them goes free every single time. And you get a sack on like half the, half the plays, right? That's the Madden gimmick right? That's not real life. You stack the guys, the quarterback's going to go, all right, I see the blitz coming. I know I have one-on-one -on -one matchup on the outside. I'm throwing it up for grabs. You know, and it's funny. I see tweets like this from Tim Kawakami and a lot of the 49ers oh, beat writers, God. not just Tim. Someone said, time to start confronting Shanahan with Purdy questions. This whole team stinks. I hope the reporters go in on him and this is getting ridiculous. And Kyle Kami comes out with this whole thing where they, he's like mocking fans. Who will hold reporters accountable? You guys apparently only want screaming. No, Tim, I want you to do your job. Okay? I want reporting, not slurping. All right. I don't want public relations from the 49ers press crew. You don't have to scream at Kyle Shanahan. In fact, I don't recommend that because that's dumb and unnecessary. I don't think it's so ridiculous to say 
to Kyle Shanahan, hey, Brock Purdy has not looked good. Tell us why you don't think that maybe teams have got the book on him. We're not saying you're wrong, Kyle. We want to be educated. There's nothing wrong with asking him that question. But the 49ers press corps, just, you know, little chuckle hut they got going where they think they know so much more than the fans. and They're so much better than the fans. It's gross. And if you look at that timestamp, it's before the press conferences. This is TK most likely sitting, waiting on the press conferences, deciding to preemptively get <laughs> after the fans because he knows they're not going to ask those questions. He knows they're about to throw up cupcakes and, and not really push Kyle on anything. At, at this point, the, the 49ers should fire their PR staff and just fun, funnel everything over to the athletic. Because all those guys have gone so far into the PR. We're not going to ask anything tough. We're going to try to spin everything to be perfect and great. Like, like I, I really loved Barrows. He was always my favorite. But the fact that he can work with what TK is putting out there and what the spreadsheet Lombardi puts out there and he never once speaks up. At this point, like, all right, you're lumped in with him. Simon 29 on Twitch says the press corps hoping to join the Cabo <laughs> crew. They certainly are. I mean, man, they certainly seem to be doing uh, everything they can. And again, like Tim said, oh, you just want screaming. No one said screaming. That comment that you quote tweeted didn't say scream at Kyle Shanahan. It said confront him. Ask him a question. That's yeah. not screaming. I just I'm very frustrated by that. Oh, I like this comment from Al Sacco. Biggest concern for me right now, he said, is the 49ers found ways to lose two weeks in a row. Thought last week was a blip. This week is more worrisome. Offense needs Trent and Debo. The defense, major issues. They did find a way to lose two weeks in a row, right? Like, just made losing plays, missed field goals, fumbles in the red zone, not capitalizing, excuse me, on turnovers. Those are losing plays. And I know that they've been really good for a really long time, but damn, they have found ways to lose. Al's 100% right. I don't think you can call something a must win when you have a team that's gone on these long winning streaks at the end of the season, nearly every year, the last five years, but there's a massive difference between six and two at the bye week and five and three, having lost three in a row, right? True. Like five and three, having lost three in a row might cause there to be big changes during that bye week. Maybe Wilkes goes away if the defense gets destroyed again, right? Like, to me, like five and three, losing three in a row going into the bye week, I don't want that bye week because that's when things fester if you've lost three in a row. And that's when people start getting pissed and blaming each other. And you get into the blame game and you come back and you have a broken team, right? They, I think they need to win this next week. And I want to say, if they go into the bye week six and two, you're good. Yeah. You are good. That's okay. Six and two is a fine place. It's okay. It's week. not going to get you the one seed. Well, maybe we got to see how it plays out. Like again, too much talk about the one seed. Okay. Forget the one seed, get into the playoffs first, and then you work on your seeding. All right. Like enough of that. Kyle Juszczyk was talking about that to Richard Sherman. He was talking about, well, when teams start talking about the one seed, you know, that's when you really got to worry. And in the same answer, he said, but we really want the one seed because it's really important. Like, dude, that's you. You're the team talking about the one. Enough about that. Enough. Get into the playoffs first. Carlos says this D-line is overrated. We're not built to come back. We milk the clock on ourselves. This D just doesn't look very good, and IU disappears. Wilkes thumbs down. It's a lot there to respond to, Levin. Where do you want to go? Uh, I mean, it's all 
true. Like, yeah, <laughs> the D line is overrated. They absolutely are. Uh, RPD, RD Ripley, excuse me, new YouTube channel member. You get the fist pump from me. Thank you very much. Again, if you're new or just hopping in, become there a you YouTube go. channel I, member. I, I gave you a Vish one. Yeah, I, I heard that today. He gave you a little. I didn't even see it. I heard it on the podcast version on the way home. Less than $3 a month, you get uh, priority common response, custom emojis, membership badges. Please, please, please continue to support the channel. CJ Gray, Brock Purdy doesn't have the arm to throw the ball down the field as he sees it. He has to be thrown ahead of time, and the defense can scheme that away by being aggressive with the wide receivers. The, I would say this. The deeper the throw is down the field, the more anticipation Brock has to throw with, which yeah. can lead to interceptions. Yeah, there's no such thing as Brock looking over and going, holy crap, that guy won his matchup. He's 30 yards down the field wide open. Let me rip it. He doesn't have the arm for that. Because if he's already 30 yards down the field, streaking down the field, you're going to have to throw it 60, you know, 55 yards or whatever. He doesn't have the arm for that. So there's some truth there. But the amount of times that you're going to throw air yards more than 40 yards is like once every two games. And that's for all quarterbacks. It's not a very uh common thing i think the large the there's only been i think three or four completions with air yards more than 45 yards this season and that's in the entire league so there's a little bit of truth to what he said but at the same time it's one of the least most least important things for a quarterback rd's back says i figured it was time to support my favorite niners channel i don't always agree but i really like how real you guys are thank you very much i always say we promise at the very least, authenticity. Like that, you will always get that 100%. Devin Meckley, new YouTube channel member. Yeah, I'm going to throw my shoulder out doing all these fist pumps, but it's going to be worth it. Jake Hernandez, yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate it. Nice to see the little support here after a loss. Uh, Darwin DeLeon, or DeLion. I don't know. I'm going to go with DeLeon because it sounds like you're an explorer, and I like that. The interceptions were overthrown. There was just not the Brock Purdy that we've come to expect on the last two drives. And and it's going to be interesting to see the reaction to him this week. Is it going to be, he turned into a pumpkin. Is it going to be, Hey, he's still been really good on the whole this year. What do you think the national reaction to Brock Purdy is going to be? Told you so. Yeah. All the people that criticized him are going to be saying, told you so he can't play from coming behind. He threw two interceptions at the end of the game. Which, by the way, that's an, that's how the media covers quarterbacks. Steve Young said it years ago. It's all about what you can't do. They continue to move the goalposts until you win a Super Bowl. And even then, then it becomes, well, you only won one Super Bowl. Like, that's not unique to Brock Purdy. They've done it with everybody. That's sort of how it works. Cinema Pigeon says, underrated, but Ayuk disappeared in the second half. Why? I said it before the game with Vish today. Like, if you want to be the number one guy, you want to be the stud, Brandon Ayuk, I needed you to step up. Five for 57 is certainly not a bad game, but it's not a number one game. It's not like look at A.J. Brown in Philadelphia. Anytime the Eagles need a play, they go to A.J. Brown. He delivers this year. Anytime he delivers. It's not like that with Brandon Ayuk. It's really not. All right. I'm going to get it in here on the wire because I forgot I was going to start the show with this and I forgot because how the game went. Happy birthday to your son and your wife. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. My son is... uh, he was having a good birthday up until the game tonight, but uh, yeah, he was super pumped up, very excited, had a 49ers birthday uh, on Saturday. We did bowling. He had the 49ers cake, all that stuff. And my wife's birthday as well. Love you. Love you both. You're not watching, but I do. Um, 
Yeah, it's very frustrating because I really I believe want- it was Bosa's birthday. At least I saw well, somebody tweet saying happy birthday to Bosa. 26, so. Nick Bosa and Ty Davis Price, I think, too. Also, he was inactive, though. Joseph Faccio, Faccio. I'm not sure how to say that, but yeah, thank you very much. New YouTube channel member. Perfect Blackness is back. Says I'm not going to blame Brock. Wilkes is a major problem. The strength of this D is the front seven, but Wilkes is calling the game as if the secondary is. I This defense is built to get pressure with four. That's their whole thing. That is how they are built to win. And they're not doing that right now. So now it's like trying to, you know, tow a speedboat with a Volkswagen bug. Like, that's not what it's made to do. And it's just not working. All right. So if he's perfect blackness senior, then this guy right here with this face is perfect blackness junior. Oh, <laughs> I thought the night couldn't get any worse. All right. Hey, we got to find something to laugh about tonight. <laughs> uh, Josh P says wide receivers didn't finish their routes. Brock was throwing to their intended location. Well, I mean, nah. on the one hand, like you should be where you're supposed to be when you're supposed to be there. I mean, you got to give the quarterback you know, a little something to throw at. So I don't know if I totally agree. Like I said, Jennings, he threw to where Jennings should have been from pre-snap. He didn't adjust to the fact that Jennings got forced to the outside because he got bumped on the start of his route because they had a successful press coverage and then when he went to make his cut he like i said he kind of like threw a feint to the outside then went inside which made him even further behind and purdy was already in his throwing motion so i don't think that feint was supposed to be part of the route i think that was something jennings did because he felt he needed to to get open so uh, to me yeah jennings didn't win his route but wide receivers lose their routes more often than they than they win them so that's on Purdy to see that and adjust. Here's a good question. Michael Steckham says, we gave up yards, but not points. 22 isn't bad. The offense should put up 23 plus every game. There is some truth to that. Like 20- 89 yards, 67 yards, 75 <laughs> yards, 77 yards, 50 yards, 30 yards, 38 yards. They averaged 61 yards a drive. The reason why they only had 22 is because they were able to run eight minutes off the dang clock every single time they get the ball. Well, and they couldn't uh, come through in the red zone. Kirk Cousins was missing wide open guys in the red zone. Fred Warner made an awesome play where he dove over the center and tackled Kirk Cousins on a quarterback sneak. That ended up being worth four points because they didn't score a touchdown on that drive. Um, (laughs) Andre Garibay says, Drake Jackson has more sacks than Nick Bosa, and he got them all in one game. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you have to laugh to keep from crying. Yeah. A lot of people out for Bosa in the chat. I mean, it comes with the territory. You want to win a defensive player of the year award? Great. That becomes the expectation, right? And if you want to get paid the Mm -hmm. most of anybody, the expectation is you're the best of everybody. With, with, to what does it say? To those to whom much is given, much is expected. Well, the expectations went up and Nick Bosa has not met them this year. How about this from Josh Dubow, the Associated Press? 49ers fall to 0 and 36 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by eight or more points in the fourth quarter. Niners have lost 37 straight in all in that scenario. Only the Panthers have a longer streak at 45 straight. Feel free to come back when you're down by, uh, you know, eight points or more, guys. It's allowed. I checked the rules. <laughs> yeah, ironically, uh, we just played the team that set the record for the largest comeback of all time last year. True. Minnesota Vikings. Did it Kirk Cousins, that quarterback that all Niner fans want to say is not good. He, <laughs> never mind. He puts up 4,000 yards and 30, 30 touchdowns every single season, something a 49ers quarterback hasn't done in 22 years. <laughs> right. Uh, Jay McCallan says, you know, Kyle's considering Cousins if Brock fails. 
man, I hope it doesn't come to that. I know Shanahan said uh, he thought Brock played pretty well. You know, obviously he wasn't totally thrilled with some of the interceptions, but he didn't, he didn't publicly kill Brock. I don't agree with this tweet from Tim Kawakami. I don't like this. Purdy's final stat line is blah, blah, blah. You can see it on the screen. If you're watching 272 yards, 81 and a half passer rating, not as good as he needed to be, but also could have been a lot worse. He's not wrong. It could have been last week. (laughs) Who cares if it could have been a lot worse? It wasn't good enough. Who cares if it could have been worse? I swear to God, the way some people evaluate 49ers quarterbacks is, is crazy to me. You remember when TK was known as like the critical guy, the guy yes. who would go after people and all that? What the heck happened to you, TK? Did you go into retirement? They want the access, baby. Feel free to block me anytime on Twitter so I don't have to see your stuff anymore. The athletics gotta be, you gotta get that access. You know, they're struggling. So he's not gonna. I had him muted for two years. (laughs) I only see his stuff when somebody else retweets it. Uh, Kyle Kami said, one terrible throw, no Debo, plenty of good stuff. This absolutely wasn't all on Purdy, not even close. That's true. It wasn't all on Brock Purdy, but you had the ball in your hands twice in the fourth quarter with a chance to win the game, and you threw picks. Not only did you not get it done, you gave the ball to the other team. I don't care if Debo wasn't in there. That's not an excuse. Like, no, man. You had one guy, one of your skill players that was down today. You still had two all pros on the field and Brandon Ayuk. Got to score more than 17 points. Have to. Can we stop this narrative that, oh, the offense can't do anything without Debo? The guy had 600 receiving yards last year, and he's on pace (laughs) to have barely over 700 this year, this season. He had one year in his career out of five now that he's been otherworldly difference maker makes the offense go. And he got paid off that season and all his other seasons, he's been under 800 yards receiving. I don't know what he'll end up this year, but he's now on pace for less than 800 yet again. He did that in his first two seasons. He did that last year. He's doing it again this year. Like let's stop pretending like he can fix everything. He's a really good player. Is he worth 25 million? That's a different story, but he's a really good player but he's not this otherworldly all pro player. He wasn't once out of five. That is one of the truest things you've ever said on any show we've ever hosted. Al Sacco says Bosa has three and a half sacks in his last 12 games, going back to last season, including playoffs. And again, for all you people, I know sacks aren't the only way to evaluate it, but guess what? They're a huge freaking part of it. Huge freaking part of it. That position and that guy, that is the only way. Sorry. You need to get the sacks. Play. It's it's really that cut and dry. If you're an elite pass rusher, sacks is what matters. The other things, yes, they end up mattering in the actual terms of the game. But if you're an elite pass rusher and you're not getting sacks, guess what? You're not actually an elite pass rusher. And Bosa has not been an elite pass rusher. I don't I don't care about the pressures. As we saw this week, you can get a pressure, and it still goes for a long completion. You get a sack, guess what? It's a guaranteed negative play. Right. And usually a drive killer in most instances. Nick Wagner says Niners had a couple opportunities to pull that out, but two interceptions kill those hopes. They come up short. Niners are five and two and have lost two in a row for the first time since exactly one year ago today. And things won't get any easier over the next seven weeks. Starting with this week, Levin, because it's a short week. They're in Cincinnati against the Bengals, who guess what? Are coming are off. They in 
I thought it was a home game. Oh, is it a home game? It might be. If we I were in Cincy last time, so it's a home game this time. Oh, yeah. You know what? You're right, because they won in overtime. <laughs> you, you know why I know it was in Cincy last time? Because that's the famous gif of the, the guy in the stands of the Bengals game. Doing <laughs> this to the camera. Yeah, that was the Cincy game from four so, years ago. Okay, so they're at home, so that's good. But the Bengals are coming off a bye, and Niners are coming off a short week. So that's not a good combination. Well, I mentioned that when the schedule dropped, what, six months ago now? Whatever it is, I said that that stretch, that's a really rough stretch because you got Cleveland coming off a bye. You then have a Monday night road game going back east after being east previously. And then, yeah, you get a home game, but it's a team coming off of the bye week on a short week. That was this part of the schedule that worried me getting into that bye week. It's why I said that they needed to start out four and one at worst because that stretch, they were probably going to lose two out of three. And while well, they've lost their two, so let's hope they win one. Shepard 308 says no sacks. Bosa got paid and then left. Bosa's taking some heat, man. Definitely some heat. Ross Johnson says Debo didn't even play tonight and y'all still find a way to bash him. Get over it. It's not bashing him to point out the reality of his career. It's not bashing him to say that he has been hurt and he has not been the greatest wide receiver save for one season. That is not bashing. That's fact. That is a, the truth. That is reality. And I'm sorry that you can't deal with that. And that, you know, Gets you up in your feelings, but it is the truth. Rob and talking about feelings. Oh, I, I you, you missed my rant earlier in the day with Vish. I went nuts at the end of the show. Uh, Terrell Thomas says, not great game by Kyle Standard. Wilkes looks out coach. Did Jordan Mason get a snap? He didn't get a carry. I know that. I don't know if he I got saw, a I saw him in uh, special teams. That, that punt that was nearly a turnover, he was in on that. And the last thing, by the way, you know, I talked about this with Vish. If the reason he's not playing is because he can't understand the pass protections or whatever, like that's on the coaching staff. He's been here for two years. Sit with this guy for six hours after practice until he knows everything. And it doesn't matter if he's running up the gut for five yards. Well, I know, but if he, and if he can't learn it, then get rid of him. What's the point of having him on the roster if you're not going to play him? Like, I, I don't like that. So figure out. You know what else you don't like? What? Being called statsy. I don't. Only Paul Allen can call me Statsy, the radio uh, voice of the Vikings. You can say that all you want, but I'll pull that out whenever I want. Oh, I'll just edit it. <laughs> well, <you sighs> try. So here we are, 49ers. I didn't see injuries after the game. If anybody saw uh, Kyle speaking about any injuries, I know that Greenlaw was banged up, but he came back. I know that uh, Demetrius Flanagan Foles got hurt, I think, on a punt return. Um I don't think he came back, but I could be wrong about that. If anybody had seen, uh, drop it in the chat. I haven't seen anything so far, so that's a good sign. Uh, let's see. Edgar Lopez says, Cousins escaping. The defensive line pressure was sad. Trent was missing, so no running game. Even when Trent Williams in there, the running game is spotty. It's been spotty, and it makes a big difference in this offense because if they can't do the running game, they can't do as much play action, and then they have to do straight drop back passing, and that is not the strength of this team. Right, even in the Rams game, if I'm not mistaken, uh, McCaffrey had that early run where he ran over Akella Weatherspoon. <laughs> and then after that, I think he only averaged like 2.9. I, I, it was something right around three mm -hmm. yards per carry the rest of the way. Like, the run game has not been very good this year. Like, something is off in that run game. And to me, that offensive line is not getting pushed. I think that's been the biggest, easiest thing to notice the last two weeks on this team. They're getting worked in the trenches on both sides. Yeah. And it's very, very frustrating because that was the one thing you thought you could count on with this team. But it's 
they don't have it. They don't have it right now. And I don't know how it's going to get better. Just scrolling through Twitter, Christian McCaffrey says, I'd made a bad mistake today that I believe cost us the game. No, a fumble in the first quarter doesn't cost you the game. It hurt for sure. But the idea that Christian McCaffrey cost the team the game, like that's, that's just not true. You know what cost them the game? 89 yards, okay. 67 yards. <laughs> That's what cost them the game. Oh, God. Fire Wilkes says, Wilkes' is cheeks, no pass rush, soft coverage. I, I don't understand the Wilkes' is cheeks. Can you explain that one to me, Statsy? I'm not going to answer <laughs> Your cheeks. How about that? <laughs> Kyle said after the game, we flat out got beat. Yeah, thanks. Okay. Uh, hey, hey, they didn't make excuses this time. Kyle, uh, you know, you know what the actually first question in the press conference should have been. Do you think this was a good win too, or a good loss too? Do you think this did you any favors? KP, Kyle Posey, our friend from Niners Nation points out Amari Cooper, four catches for 108 yards. Jordan Addison, seven catches, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Jamar Chase and T Higgins are on deck and they're coming off a bye and don't get any easier in the second half. The 49ers need to find a corner they can trust moving forward. It'll have to win via shootout in the second half and in the playoffs. Zero lies detected, Levin. Yeah, I tweeted it out towards the end of the game. Can you imagine if this team had Justin Jefferson? Like, for all the people out there saying, oh, we didn't have Debo. They didn't have the best offensive weapon in the entire league. Like, to me, you pick an offensive player to have as a weapon other than a quarterback, basically, it's Justin Jefferson. That's who you want. It, the guy is ridiculous. Like I, they threw it up during that game. He has like 5,400 yards receiving. This is his fourth season. And he's not right. even halfway through it. And like, if he didn't play a single snap the rest of the year, he would still be averaging 1300 yards a season in his career. Like it's insane. So I, I don't care for the whole Debo crap. Patrick Lucero says Bosa gets the bag and has been MIA since Wilkes playing off coverage on third and short makes no sense. think they make a move at the deadline. Now I said earlier, I'll continue to say it. I think they're going to do something. I always thought like that, even before tonight, I think tonight stresses that. I mean, all we heard from this team was Super Bowl window, Super Bowl window, Super Bowl window. Well, this is why you make those moves. This is why you trade all them picks. And you don't want to be reactionary, but the fact that Philly went out and got an all pro safety, kind of begs for you to fill it. Philly. What's that? They'd get smashed by Philly right now. If they played oh, the Eagles yeah. right now, they would get destroyed. Yeah. The, the only thing that I would have some hope for right now would be that they actually might be able to stop the tush push. Who like, cares? They might not even uh, need it. Well, I know that, but like that, what Warner did on that QB sneak toward near the goal line is exactly what I've been thinking. And Look, I live in Steelers country, so Twitter pushes a whole bunch of Steeler tweets to me, even though I don't really follow Steeler people because I'm in the Pittsburgh region and it knows I follow a lot of NFL stuff. Mm -hmm. All I've been seeing for the past week is this is how you stop it, and it's the Palomalu diving over the top play, right? Warner just did it. That's how you stop it. You have all your linemen go low, and you have your linebackers and your safeties dive over the top to land on top of Hurts so that he can't be pushed. You got to figure it out, I guess, but I just prefer you don't let the Eagles get in those situations. I, I will say Hargrave might be our secret sauce on that too. Cause yeah, he knows well, exactly what they're doing and why it's so successful. Feel free to show up Javon Hargrave. Did they even call his name tonight? Shepard 308 says we made cousins look like Mahomes. 
Justin Cheeseman says Kyle is exposed. One player goes down and he can't coach. He, he's not wrong, by the way, because Cousins had 378 yards, right? The only person to have more than that since 2015 against the 49ers is the Mahomes games last year. Jeez. I looked, that's what I was looking at. That's why I was a couple of minutes late. I was looking up to see, all right, other than Mahomes last year when he threw for 414, when's the last time somebody bested the 378 and it was Eli Manning back in 2015? Wow. That's crazy. Thanks for being uh, on time, though. I really appreciate that. Ryan O'Loy says, this team has way too many questions to be a real Super Bowl contender. Last year, bad losses to Denver and Chicago forced the team to go on the road to Philly. They would kill us right now. As we said, we agree with that. Ray Lee says, Kyle has poor game planning. Need to trust other guys that are available to him on offense. Kevin O'Connell got third string wide receivers making big catches. We've seen Kyle do it. He got Richie James 180 yards one game. You know what I would say, honestly? I'm all set with Juwan Jennings. Peace out, Jawan. Give me Ronnie Bell. At least Ooh. Ronnie Bell is fast. Gold I'm, diggers unite. I'm not saying he's going to make, you know, fix everything on offense, but like, what can Jawan Jennings do that Ronnie Bell can't? That's what I want to know. I, I was shocked Ronnie Bell was, it, it makes me think one thing. Maybe we've been unfair to Ray Ray. We, we both assumed, I heard you say it even with Vish today, earlier today, that we all assumed it was Ray Ray that didn't know what to do with Debo. Maybe it was the rookie. Ronnie Bell, I don't I don't even know if he saw the field tonight. Like Ronnie Bell was not part of this game. Nope. And that makes me wonder if all right, you're not gonna know other people's roles and you're not gonna be ready to step up if an injury happens, then you're not gonna see the field. That's what Kyle Shanahan does with wide receivers. So that makes me think it was Ronnie Bell. It's possible. It's very and we know Kyle's tough on wide receivers also. So um, that's definitely a possibility. Diego says, I'm mad. Yes, Diego, we are all mad. Uh, Big Dan T, Vikings fan here. The only reason we were not unbeaten coming in is we could not stop turnovers. This is not a bad loss for y'all. Not at least as bad as most think. Hope to see you in the postseason. Yeah, I bet you do after you kicked our ass tonight. That was kind of Paul Allen's thing, too, was he was like, look, we, every game has been one score. They've lost nine fumbles going into this game, which is an absurd yeah. amount for this point in the season. But to be honest, I kind of took that as like, well, you know, he does work for the team. He's probably looking at the sunny side of things. But, I mean, they certainly look like the better team tonight. In every facet, they look like the better team. Yeah, they even found some – I don't know what they ended up with rushing-wise, but it seemed like it was effective when they did run. 21 carries for 74 yards, three and a half yards a carry. So, not great, really. Um Alexander Madison Roman ran for five yards a carry though. He only had eight carries on the day, but he, was... there, there were a couple acres runs that went for like negative four yards. Not kind right. of repeated the overall average. Last thing I want to get to before we call it a show, Jake Hutchinson, according to Nick Bosa after the game quote, the NFL will humble you getting off to a five and zero start. You kind of get that confidence that you are who you need to be, but the NFL does that. Haven't the 49ers been around long enough to know that you can't do that. This is not a the team in their first run, right? This is a veteran team. They should know better. They should freaking know better than that. And now, you know what? That's a failure on all levels. That's a failure on the players for sniffing their own stuff. That's a play. That's a failure on Kyle Shanahan for not getting this team ready to go. It's a failure. It is an absolute failure. Maybe they needed two weeks for a wake up call, Levin. I don't know. But holy crap, I can't believe that 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 was the attitude in this locker room. You can take what he said there and reword it into, we are not who we thought we were. 
Because that's what he's saying. We, it's like I said earlier, they thought their crap didn't stink anymore. Yep. And guess what? The, the NFL picked up that crap and shoved it in their face and made them smell it and made them realize mm, that does not smell like roses. Like I said, if they go into the bye at six and two, they're just fine. They're okay. I, I'm not, I've, and I said that before this game even started because I was saying sit Christian McCaffrey. So if they go into the bye six and two, okay, uh, that's just fine. They Everything they want will still be available to them this season. But man, suddenly next week's game feels like a very, very different kind of game than it did 24 hours ago. Like, like I said, if they start five and three, losing three straight, going into the bye week, you could see some division coming. You, you, I'm not saying it would happen for sure. This is a team that's rallied before, but that's a when you're this far into contending and not being able to get over the hump. We, you know, we talked about that in the offseason, like. A lot of times when you get so close and you never quite get over that hump, when adversity does come again, you go, oh, here we go again. Screw this. And you start, that's nah, it. He's the problem or they're the problem. It's that unit or it's that coach. And you start playing the blame game. Now, I'm not saying it would happen, but I would be very, very nervous coming out of the bye to see how this team, because if they get off to a bad start in that game, you're going to see a, an implosion. If the if the pass rush comes back and the ground game comes back, we could feel very differently. But right now, it doesn't look like either one of those things is uh, come back. back. <laughs> All right, that was weird. That's a weird way. That's from a movie. Jeez, what movie? You don't know my obscure references? Well, what movie? Yeah, no, it's actually a gift from a movie. Actually, that might be Wizard of Oz. I'm thinking about it. a topical reference from Levin. Yeah, yeah. I, look, my brain. It's not a normal brain. I've known this for a long time. You've known this for pretty much as long as you've known me. You were stupid enough to, to invite me with you over to SB Nation when we went over there, and you've been regretting it ever since. But my brain, I watch movies like crazy. My brain is everything I think is some kind of movie phrase or line or whatever. So you decided to quote a movie from 1939. We need an 84-year-old movie reference. Oh, yes. No. That obscure movie that nobody knows. Yes. It's 84 years old. Can you can you quote something from this century, please? Was that too much to ask? <laughs> you you quoted uh, Ace Ventura on our last one. Or he Ace finished Ventura. my quote. That's not from this century. Ace Ventura came out after seatbelts were invented, right? Ace Ventura came out after we landed on the moon, for God's sakes. The franchise says package and teal, Levin and Wilkes. Get them out of here. Now that's a way to end the show. Thanks, everybody. You can't even spell my name correct. Doesn't matter. I, I don't turn down good ideas when I see them. Uh, rate, review, and follow the Gold Standard Podcast Network, everybody. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We appreciate everybody. Shout out to the YouTube channel members. All the new YouTube channel members tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It's less than $3 a month. It's a great way to support the channel. Uh, let's hope that the Niners turn things around. You know, there'd be plenty of discussion about the 49ers and where they stand and what has gone wrong. And we will be here for all of it. Levin, I appreciate you staying up late. Try to have a good rest of your week, everybody. We'll talk soon. This has been a Gold Standard Podcast Network production, part of the Fans First Sports Network.